Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, quote the Raven. Nevermore. Only WWE could put on what was probably one of the worst wrestling matches of the year and also put on the best show they've done of the year. I'm Mr. Davis. I'm joined by Lukewarm Luke Owen. We are reviewing WrestleMania Backlash 2021 today. We're not going to address what happened at the end of last night's stream. We don't really know what's going on. You know, we, we had a rough night's sleep of it. Uh, technical issues abounded, but we managed to get all the usual videos up. So just, yeah, those people, we, 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 we'll get to that later. You know, maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow, but it's a bit too raw right now, okay? And not the Monday night's kind. But let's start off with... I don't even know if this was my favorite match because I enjoyed the three-way so freaking much. But we'll, we'll start off talking about Roman Reigns versus Cesaro. Holy heckins. Like, Roman has been on absolute tear. With the heel turn, it's just every pay-per-view now. You're guaranteed to get an amazing Roman Reigns match. Like, that is the most... Um, Oh, what's the word I'm after? It's just like the most comforting thing with WWE pay-per-views at the moment. Yeah, the build's always a bit naff. Like, I would, you know, pretty much every single match on this card had a bit of a naff build to it. And the TV has been either bad in the case of Raw or broadly fine in the case of SmackDown. But the Roman Reigns stuff is always like five-star quality on SmackDown. And you're just, you're guaranteed to have an excellent main event with some quality character work, quality storytelling, and quality wrestling. And this was Roman Reigns versus Cesaro. So, yeah, what a surprise. It was absolutely banging. It was just so fundamental as well. It was like, okay, here's a guy in Cesaro. His big thing is swinging people around or upper guts. Now, he needs his arm to do those. So what's Roman going to do as a smart piece of strategy? He's going to target a body part. This is wrestling 101. It's, this is what psychology is based on. And like when you said, you know that you know the main event of a WWE pay-per-view is going to deliver in a pretty intensely dramatic way. Like I keep calling it the Shakespeare of wrestling uh, at the moment. Like these epics that we get at the end. And someone said on my review in a comment, that Roman has become WWE's Okada. And mm-hmm. I don't like in terms of like wrestling skill and match layout, no. But in terms of match duration and just like this stamp of quality, like when I see Roman in a main event now, I get the same feeling that I would get when I saw Okada on the match card. The same feeling I get when I see the Marvel stamp at the front of a movie. Like it's all it's like, hmm. It's going to be good, and it's going it's to be reliability. a particular kind of good. 
Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but it's it's reliability. Like you, Roman is a guy now you can put in the main event with pretty much anyone on the SmackDown roster at this point. Actually, pretty much in anyone in WWE. And I have just got this comforting notion that I'm like, well, at least you know, if everything else sucks, at least the main event is going to be good. And this one was absolutely no exception. And like you know, it was a great main event on a show that had great matches throughout, with only really. I would argue two duds in there and one of them was because of PR nonsense and one of them was because it was the second longest match on the card and it didn't need to be. Um, but like the rest of the match was like, the rest of the show was absolutely awesome. Like you, I think the three-way was my favorite match of the night. But in terms of like the storytelling and character and the in-ring stuff, this main event was just absolutely superb. So what happened, of course, is Roman worked over Cesaro's arm forever. There were a few bits where Roman would get cocky. You know, this was a half-hour match, so it wasn't just all Roman working over Cesaro. And the way Cesaro would get these comebacks was Roman would look at the camera and go, hey, DB, look at me. I'm doing your thing to your boy. And this, of course, is Daniel Bryan, someone who is legit not under contract with WWE right now, although there might be a sort of handshake agreement when you've had some time off and you've turned up at Double or Nothing guaranteed in two weeks' time. Then come back and have a feud with Roman again. So do, what, what, did you, what do you think about the DB I mean shout-outs? I think 100. Like even when Brian, it was like you know reported by Sean that um, Brian wasn't under contract with WWE anymore. I was like, yeah, but he's going to resign though. Like I am under no illusions that he's going to go to to AEW or he's going to show up in Ring of Honor or Impact or MLW or anything like that. I'm like, no, I'm I'm pretty confident that he's just going to resign with WWE and is just going to be a part time guy there. And you know, like once he's ready to do that part time gig, then he'll just uh, you know arrange a new contract with them. It seems the interviews he's done, he's just not that into wrestling at the moment. Not hmm. not that he's not into WWE, just not into wrestling. Like he said, when he went out and did that three-way at Mania, he didn't really care, which is quite yeah. sad. Well, that, but, he, uh, he wants to be a dad at the moment. Like That was the yeah. quote he had with, um, uh, I think it was Alex, uh, or it might have been BT Sport or someone, who was just like, yeah, I want to be a part-time uh, part wrestler, a full-time dad. Like, that's what, because do you know what I like to do? Like, my kid loves to sit on my shoulders while we go and pick stuff from trees because he's a big old hippie and stuff. And he's like, but because of all the wrestling that I've done, that really hurts. So it'd be really nice if I didn't have to do the wrestling and have a really ouch neck so I could play with my kid. And that would be a really fun thing to do. But Selfish. Selfish <laughs> is what that I is. Know. What a bastard. But like, I, I loved the shout outs to DB in this match, though, because that's all again, like this character stuff. This is Roman who has learned from the Daniel Bryan mm. series of matches. And he's now applying all those things that he's learned to Cesaro in this big, like in this whole thing. He's like, hey, Daniel, you couldn't beat me. And better yet, I'm now doing everything that you do, only I'm doing it better. And I'm doing it to the guy that you handpicked to be your replacement. It's funny that, isn't it? I really am the head of the table. I'm the tribal chief. You better acknowledge me. I think that's another part of why Roman's matches are so good. Because... People have argued they're repetitive. I see it as sort of escalating, though, because each person he beats kind of adds another layer to him, which I expect to eventually be stripped away when everyone beats him on the way back down. You know, he's he's been trodden on a lot of heads to get to where he is kayfabe-wise, so hopefully he'll get his uh, comeuppance soon. But on that, one of the more criticised parts of Roman's reign is that... He is met. I don't get this. Some people say he's made to look weak because he never wins a match by himself. The the babyface always gets some kind of visible pin or tap out, and it's an USO. It's a Jey USO interference that ultimately leads to his victory. I'm like, forget. How can you look? How can you watch SmackDown and go, man? Roman's not being booked strong enough. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I completely agree. But like, I think that this 
he kind of needed this win as well, mm. almost to kind of like that because I think that is a a small vocal minority that are being like he is booked, you know, he, he being booked weak and he doesn't look like a strong yeah. champion. And in the same way that I think it's a, a small vocal minority, they're just like I'm bored of Roman Reigns as champion now. It's time for someone new at the top of the table. I will say that I think we, you know, there are there is a portion of the audience that does just want like title changes every couple of months to be just like, well, we need something new and fresh, and it, and like the way you to do that is to just change the title off of someone people aren't really interested in long reigns we saw the backlash that drew got last year on this channel because people were like yeah i'm bored of drew being champion now i'm ready for someone else to be champion and so i think there are a portion of fans that are like that with roman but my argument is like no it only makes it better that roman is still the champion because it makes me want to see a baby face finally overcome this this hill that no one else can and like i think sean keeps putting it the best when people ask him like who should be the person to beat roman reigns and he's like that person isn't here yet mm. i don't know who it, i don't know if it's someone from nxt but it's <clears> someone from NXT uk someone from raw someone from smackdown because the right person has not come into the fray yet and when the right person does that will be the time to take the belt off of roman but as now there's no point taking the belt off of him because he's so good on top right now I think everyone strap in. He's holding the belt until WrestleMania, at least, at I least. think. <laughs> uh, but this is why one of the good things that there was no Uso interference at the end here, it kind of, it furthers the story between Jimmy and Jay. You know, the the, the whole thing is Jay is only there to be Roman's bitch and lapdog, and Jimmy's kind of called him out on that. But hey. Roman just won this match all by himself, didn't need Jay. So it's kind of Roman proving to Jimmy as much as it is anything else. Like, I've got no doubt that Roman would have won every match he's had so far. It's just a bit of heel heat. Um, But yeah, it was was an extraordinary match. I was going to say, on like Jimmy's promo on SmackDown on this past Friday was just like, Roman looked at me and said, like, do you not think that I can beat Cesaro? Mm -hmm. And Jimmy sort of like laughed and was like, no, I don't think you can. Like, I think Cesaro is going to beat you this coming weekend. And so, like, Roman has now proved him wrong. So, like, this coming Friday, he can call Jimmy down to the ring and be like, sorry, what was that now? You said that I couldn't beat Cesaro because it turns out I can. So now it's time that you do acknowledge me as the head of the table because I am right in this and you are wrong. Before we get on to the hyper chats, get them all into wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them before the end of the stream. Uh, The post-match, unfortunately was a bit of a letdown, I thought, because there was all of that. Jey Uso came down, put the 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 necklace thing on Roman, cannot remember the proper name for it. We it's haven't not got a... Laurie here. We haven't got Laurie here to correct us all. He did the explain video, damn it. The flower. Lay? The flower hoop. Sure. <laughs> the flower hoop. The flowery hoop. The friendship necklace, I think It's like it Midsummer. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> that's my midsummer reference scares the hell out of me when i think of that but he jade does that roman's like yes you may now eat at the table have the scraps and jay's like oh, i want to i want to eat i want to beat him up now it's really really great performances from a start beating up cesaro and then <laughs> cesaro, cesaro. <laughs> seth rollins came down fresh from the uh the painting section of the soft play area wore a white suit with all this paint over him and he comes down and he starts beating up Cesaro like he has a sort of stare down with Roman but it seems to be a a heelish yes I will also let you be evil which I just found a bit of a missed opportunity it was a cool beat down of Cesaro put the arm in the chair slammed it against the ring post but I just you know it's I feel like it's a step backwards for Cesaro yep totally and do you know why because I've seen Cesaro beat Seth twice so I'm doing it at WrestleMania, mm. so I'm doing it on SmackDown. So I don't really have much of a need to see, to see Cesaro versus Seth because either he just beats him again or he loses to Seth and it undoes all of the momentum that he has going on from WrestleMania. So I, you know, I agree with you. I do think it, is a, it feels like a bit of a step back. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's get into these hyper chats. Michael Rivera says, This this has might have been my fave pay-per-view of the year. Maybe even more than Wrestle Kingdom and the Royal Rumble this year, and even more than AEW Revolution. Roman versus Cesaro, it's a match of the year contender for me. Yeah, it certainly is. And the th- I think the three-way is as well. Uh, Greg Murphy, best pay-per-view of the era wrestling-wise. Uh, Roman is one red-hot star babyface feud away from one of the GOAT title runs. Imagine a red-hot, well-booked Keith Lee or a face Lesnar. I don't think that works. Going against Reigns and Heyman or one last John Cena run and Reigns retires him. <gasps> oh, that's a really good one. I like that Cena being the guy just being like, I need to break Ric Flair's record. That's so good. But then he fails. He fails and Roman retires him. That's but that, bad. That's proper Thor. You should have aimed for the head. And then, like, <laughs> yeah. Roman beats him anyway. I love that. Jay Gupti. This Cesaro versus Reigns was something special, though missed the live Cesaro section running wild. Uh, yeah, when he runs around the ring. Took them 10 years, but they finally gave the potential we all knew Cesaro had. Also, need to update Adam's list of heel turns. Hashtag losing into... Lost intangible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll move on from that. Uh, Judas Messius, as usual, the boring part of the night was Roman. With the best thing on Raw or SmackDown wasn't there, where was Alexa? Oh, well, you guys show how cool, but Backlash was okay. Uh, had three good matches, so two out of five show. Wow. That, that's like Judas. half the card, though, Judas. Though, like, like, mm. And he had three good matches out of the six that were on the card. So two out of five show. I think that might be slightly harsh. Um, but yeah, like I think a lot of people were expecting Alexa to be there at some points. So if you are an Alexa fan, you might have been slightly disappointed by the show. I am not disappointed. I got my <laughs> fair share of supernatural nonsense. And that was my fill. Uh, Charles Berg says, Roman continues to be the sexy anime villain we all want. On the subject of the intangible... Well, you paid your money, Charles Berg. On the subject of the intangibles, Tempest has a legitimate gripe, uh, but Choppy Chop Peen Peen does not. Attempted murder is no joke. I know I was blown up by him. Uh, Since Pete seeks retribution, perhaps we should call him Spunk. Yeah, I mean, you know what? That's not, that's not a bad shout. It's, it's really not a bad shout at all. Uh, Anderson Floyd, I know your arm was injured, Mr. Davis, but what about your heart after Chopper Pete drove a knife through it? Also, you may be the most kawaii person, but Pete is obviously easily the best promo at WrestleTalk. Right. 
Okay. Yeah, it was like I mean, it was a, it was a rough night. Okay, let's that, let's talk backlash. Let's do the rest of backlash. Pricks. Right. So the uh, show started pre-show with Sheamus versus Ricochet. Now, was this for the U.S. title? Cage match said it was for the U.S. title. Well, I thought it was. It was a U.S. Yeah. Open challenge. Yeah, yeah, that's I'm why. Sure it was. A, yeah. So I, someone said in the comments that it wasn't for the U.S. title, uh, but I'm pretty sure it was. Which is sort of my gripe with the whole thing. Sheamus comes out. This was obviously just thrown together at the last minute. Sheamus comes out because the uh, the idea was it was meant to be Umberto Carrillo, you know, because he Sheamus beat him all those times and beat him down. Obviously leading to a title match, right? Uh, but there was this the kind of injury thing that happened on Tuesday. Uh, Korea was reported to be okay, but you know he wasn't on this show. It's Ricochet who answered the challenge. But the whole point of Sheamus's gimmick is that he has been teasing doing the much-liked US title open challenge, but not putting the title on the line. But here he just, you know, pre-show, here it is. Have a shot, Ricochet. I, I don't know either, because like he had that match with Mansoor a couple of weeks ago on Raw, and that was like an actual match, and it was a US Open challenge. But I don't think that was for the title yeah. either. So I don't know if they are I just presumed it was for the title. So I look I looked no, I looked on Cage Match. All the all the raw matches that Sheamus has had no US title defenses, but the pre-show match was. I just think okay. it was thrown together last minute. And I think that unfortunately undermines the story Seamus has been telling week to week. I'm just checking WWE.com. Uh, oh, you oh can't, no, it, can't trust Rick, that. Ricochet couldn't overcome United States champion Seamus mm-hmm. in a non-title bout. Anyway, Ricochet's <laughs> amazing. We and a, Wait, what? In a non-title bout? Yes. So I'm going to read you the full sentence here. Oh, and this is this is a wonderful uh, WWE.com writing. Ricochet couldn't overcome United States champion Sheamus in a non-title bout on the WrestleMania Backlash kickoff, but he left with the last laugh. No, 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 no. Look, look. Okay. Are you ready? Are you ready for some? Are you ready for some freaking production? Are you ready for a good time? Are you ready for some production? Oh, yeah. Look, here is Cage Match. I trust Cage Match. Match. Yeah, I trust them more than I do WWE North Korea's history books. (laughs) Look, there it is. United States title, Seamus Champion defeats Rick O'Shea. He's Irish countryman. Yeah, but like w- if WWE.com, which you would have thought is probably the most official place to find what a match listing is, said that it was a non-title bout, I think that you and I might be wrong on this one. Because I, like you, I presumed it was a title match. Can, can, while I've got the uh, this going, and you, you, mm-hmm. you sort of uh, mentioned this, let's see some of the absolute abominations of titles wwe.com users <laughs> look, 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 look. this this is a genuine title of their video the strayman express goes airborne to take out lashley and mcintyre during wwe triple threat match capitalized all a triple threat and match are all capitalized well the, the one that got me was the uh it was the zombie one Obviously. Look, Obviously. photos. The archer of infamy throws down with the A-lister during a zombie apocalypse. It's like a it's like reading porn titles on Pornhub. It's just a string of words. Nonsense. Oh, I feel so bad for the people who've got to write these articles. Yeah. Um, right, sorry, back to the kickoff match. Good match. Ricochet's been on main event. He's amazing. Sheamus beat him. Uh, they, they had a really fine match, I thought, for the time they were mm-hmm. given, seven minutes. Uh, finish was bro kick that Ricochet dodged, but Sheamus just clobbers him with this knee. One, two, three. I think in those situations, referees should just call it a knockout. You know, bang like that, rather than pin one, two, three. I think that's more impactful. Um, but yeah, after, it was afterwards, Ricochet then attacked Sheamus during the post-match heel promo and Ricochet seemed to get the better of him. I think we're building 
to a Ricochet Sheamus US title feud off the back of Sheamus beating Ricochet clean. So WWE have had a problem now for decade plus, maybe 15 years, probably even going almost like nearly 20 years at this point. They don't know how to book a babyface. And we've seen this time and time again. They do not know how to book a babyface. And this is, he Ricochet lost clean in the middle of the ring, but then he stole his coat and his hat and was like, I guess I won in the end. And I was like, no, no, mate, you lost. You, you definitely lost. This was this is the friggin' Cedric Alexander, Gary Garbutt thing all over again. It was like, got him, guys. Like, no, 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 mate, you definitely lost. We literally, we just saw this on SmackDown. Baron Corbin pinned mm. Shinsuke Nakamura clean as a sheet in the middle of the ring. And afterwards, Shinsuke Nakamura attacked him and stole his crown and was like, guess I won in the end. But you didn't, did you? Because you lost. The record book show that you lost the match. And it's this whole like, ah, oh, well, they got the last laugh. It makes all of their baby faces look like absolute imbeciles. And it's bad enough that they did the same angle twice in three days. Uh, yeah, well, at least it wasn't for the US title. At least they can beat them in the actual <laughs> for the Maybe. title later on. Uh, on the main card, we got an opening video package, which was half for the wrestling matches, half for... Zack Zack Snyder's new Netflix movie, Army of the Dead, starring Batista. Uh Uh-oh, I smell too much cross-promotion. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get get to that match. But, I mean, did this this make you want to watch Army of the Dead? Yeah, I'm actually going to watch it with pizza (laughs) after we finish this. It's out now. You told me it was out now. I thought it was, and then but all the stuff on um, the thing said it was like coming soon. Oh, but Luke, sorry, I was going to watch I, that after this. Sorry, that was Army my big staying up late treat. Yeah, it's raining outside. Got... I've got a blanket. <laughs> um, let's have a look. I'm the dead official Netflix website. Um, coming on Friday. Oh, you son of a bitch! Yeah, sorry, that's my fault, mate. Right. Well, after that, we got Asuka versus Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair to kick off the main card. And this has been a nonsense story. And I'm not invested in... Well, that's that's unfair. I'm, I'm actually invested in Charlotte. I think she's doing some very good heel work. But Asuka and Rhea Ripley are just there to do to be fodder for Charlotte Flair's storylines, as is most of the women's division, to be fair. But Full credit to them. They had 15 minutes of fast-paced slugfest. Let's wrestle like there is a really long, complicated blood feud story here. I thought this was a really good match. Yeah, this is um, a, a great example. And we saw this actually throughout the night of WWE's build to the pay-per-view has been mostly bad. And this storyline is no exception. But the match at the end of it is really, really great because when it comes down to the wrestling, there isn't any creative that can really get in the way <laughs> of that. It's just the wrestlers can go out there and have a really good match and tell a really good story within that match. And like this is the three of them doing that. And I... I have not cared about Rhea Ripley as champion because I think they have bungled her since day one of bringing her up to the main roster. I don't really care about Asuka going for the title again because they didn't care about her when she was champion. The only person in this I'm invested in is Charlotte Flair in some capacity. And then it was just, but it was a really weird ending to this match. Mm. Well, like it felt like everyone was doing big moves and stuff. And then Charlotte is on the ring apron. Asuka runs towards her and Charlotte boots her. And Charlotte boots Asuka into Rhea Ripley hitting the Riptide, which takes, all told, about 30 seconds to do and pin her. But Charlotte was nowhere to be seen. She just sort of like fell off the apron. And then did did she sell kicking Asuka? Is that what she was doing? I think the reason, uh, yeah, I think watching it, Charlotte, the recoil of Charlotte kicking Asuka was meant to have taken her off the apron. She didn't get back in in time. However, I have a theory that Charlotte Flair was stood in some parts of the match like this. You know, like quite demonically possessed, looking at people. I think WWE are foreshadowing a Alexa Bliss Lily possession of Charlotte to kick off that feud. I don't know if the finish was meant to play into that, but I think 
Charlotte might do an explanation promo being like, something happened to me where I couldn't break up the pin on tonight's episode of Raw. I think they'll blame it on Supernatural. Would you buy that? No, I'm not saying it's good. <laughs> well, that's going to be my question because like I, I, uh, you said at the start of the match, uh, Charlotte's got her head cocked as if she is sort of like possessed. And I was like, yeah, I suppose you could look at it from that sort of like that angle. But then she just like acted normally and no one ever really drew attention to it. So that either very subtle storytelling, very commendable if it is, or it's just Charlotte was just like, no, this is how I just look like I'm mean. And I'm just sort of like eyeing up my prey. Uh, let, let's let's see, because mm-hmm. Lily targeted Shayna Baszler last week and made her leg go all wibbly. But now they've lost the tag titles. So I don't. I guess maybe she wasn't targeting that. I mean, I thought from Monday that she was targeting Charlotte, but I guess we'll see on tonight's Raw. And I'm, 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 it might be the first thing that makes me not interested in this Charlotte return. Uh, but she was doing a pretty cool Cruella de Vil. Uh, cosplay on the costume. Uh, Charlotte looked good in this. Everyone was really good in this match, I thought. So well done. Uh, The Dirty Dogs took on the Mysterios next for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. On the pre-show, they had taken out Dominic backstage with those most dastardly of backstage units, the Ottoman storage unit. Uh, It was like a long cushioned trunk in cellophane. I said this yesterday on the stream. It took four referees and a Jamie Noble to lift that up. Mm. Clearly, it was devastating to poor old Dominic. Yeah, it just didn't just didn't look it to me. It looked quite <laughs> soft. <laughs> well, what, yeah. whatever. Well, so this was a reason to write Dominic out, and it was to do the match structure of Rey Mysterio goes down there, and he effectively has a handicap match for 10 to 12 minutes against Rudin Ziggler, which I found very mononymous and boring. In fact, you did too. A lot of the people on the stream did. However, this is not the only opinion. If you enjoyed it, all the power to you, because a lot of people have said they they loved this match. They thought this story worked really well, building to Dominic Mysterio, eventually coming down, getting the hot tag, coming in. Then he got cut off. Uh, then he tagged in Mysterio, who got cut off too. And then they tagged him. I thought it went on forever. And I was uninvested. However, I do like the end result of father and son, Dominic and Ray, being the new tag team champions. First ever father and son WWE tag teams ever. Uh, Champions, that is. But yeah, Yeah. I I thought the match went too long and it lost me. I found it boring. This did not need to be the second longest match on the night. Like this was just, it's the Mysterios versus Rudin Ziggler for the tag titles. This did not need to go 17 minutes. Like it can go 17 minutes if you're telling a decent story. But I I think this was telling a a story that would needed a 10 minute match, not a 17 minute match. And like you say, like it was just Dominic finally comes down and Ray won't tag him in. And then finally Ray's like Dominic's forced to tag himself in. And then he just gets cut off. So we then build to a Ray hot tag and Dominic finally tags in Ray who then just gets beaten up as well. And then we finally like, and it was just, it, it went on and it went on and it went on. Like the Tamina win on Friday, just because I am not invested in the title change does not diminish what a lovely moment this was. Because like, I couldn't give a solitary F that Tamina won a title. She's not my wrestler. I, she's not my thing. I, I, I'm not into the Tamina push nor the Nasty push, whatever like that. Also the women's tag titles don't mean a jot to me. But you cannot take away that it was a lovely moment. And she was genuinely emotional about it. And it meant something to her. And that's great. And that's really important in this world. And it was the same for Mysterio here. Like, do I care that Dominic and Ray have won the tag titles? Not particularly. But it meant something to Ray. And it meant something to Dominic. So that's that's lovely. And you know what? The people who really enjoyed this really, really enjoyed it. So I'm, I'm really happy that it worked for people. It just didn't work for me personally. Mostly because it went 17 minutes when it probably could have gone 10. Yeah, I, I must say that, you know, Ray, Ray's whole reason that he came back to WWE and that he stayed with WWE because his contract was expiring last year and he, he re-signed an extension despite a lot of interest from AEW and a lot of friends uh, elsewhere in the wrestling world. Uh, the reason he stayed is because he wanted his son to succeed in the WWE system. And, you know, they, they've it's it's been a long time uh, of Dominic being on the main roster, and he's he's good, good and uh, this is good for him. So Ray's got what he wanted, and you, mm-hmm. you know if you're in the WWE system, that doesn't happen a lot. 
So I'm glad it's worked out for him because plenty of others have been burned by promises. So let's let's celebrate one that was kept. Exactly. That's nice. Uh, and we go from that into some zombies. Right. So John Morrison is backstage. <laughs> He's He knocks on the dressing room door for the Lumberjacks for the Damien Priest mismatch. He opens the door. It's full of zombies. They're there. They're groaning. Then we cut to a very good Usos and Roman Reigns segment, which was really psychologically real and complex. And then we go back to the Miz versus Damien Priest with zombies as lumberjacks on the outside. This is why people love SmackDown and hate Raw. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So on the pre-show on our live stream last night, Sean came in and was like, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but this is what I have heard about the lumberjack match. Let's just say that Damien Priest promo from Monday wasn't just a throwaway line which I thought it was when he and Damien Priest was like, I want a lumberjack match. I don't care if it's aliens or zombies out there. I want it to be a lumberjack match. I thought it was just a throwaway line. Nope. It was legit zombies. The army of the dead walked the earth. The walking duds this was. And they, they had... (sighs) They were the politest zombies I've ever seen. A, they waited in their dressing room until they were called. Then they walked through the halls and then they came out. One of them waited under a uh, the, the commentary table uh, for the commentators to, re- to realize that she was there so she could then go up and make someone else uh, be scared. Um, and then they obeyed the rules of wrestling as good lumberjacks would. They did not interfere. They didn't play favorites. They just waited on the outside until someone was thrown out and then they tried to get them back into the ring. Very polite zombies these were. This was so dumb. This was unbelievably dumb. So silly, so rubbish. It wasn't... I mean, I laughed a lot because I was just like, this is ridiculous. This is why people don't think wrestling's cool because it's just pretty lame and rubbish but the thing that pisses me off the most about this is that it was damien priest and it's if this were if this would have been truth and gulag on the pre-show it wouldn't have made wouldn't have made an absolute difference <clears throat> it's the kfc royal rumble or whatever it was where everyone dressed as colonel sanders it's just some product placement it's just there to be a bit of product filler and make some uh, make some money lovely stuff no harm no foul you're supposed to be making damien priest look like a star and he did not look like a star in any of this whatsoever. I am staggered by the ways, the new innovative ways, creative ways, WWE finds to ruin new talent. You know, like back in the day when NXT call-ups would happen, it would just be like, oh yeah, you get a push and then you sort of fizzle out and you sit in catering and there's no directions for you. You're like, okay, yeah, that sucks. Then it's like, oh, here's here's this contrived storyline that goes nowhere. And you know, you get you get used to all these forms of disappointment. You're like, well, that's the worst. There's no other, there's no new ways WWE can ruin new talent. And then they do this. You know, like the four, the four or five months since Damien Priest came up as part of the Royal Rumble, we've had him, the Bad Bunny stuff. You thought, okay, they must see something in him. And I think they do. But that could be the kiss of death because they see so much in you. They trust you so much. They're going to trust you with Bad Bunny who's a, you know, that's a huge mainstream crossover with this branded deal, essentially. Like you, when you get those things, Netflix would have paid WWE a hell of a ton of money to have that sort of presence on their pay-per-view. Or, or Peacock, a lot of money, actually, which is weird because they're sort of competing services. Actually, I have no idea how that played. That's so WWE. If they're like, oh, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll sign an exclusive deal with you. The next month, yeah, we'll promote your biggest rival on a show that's exclusively on your network. That yeah. I mean, that could have also happened. They paid all that money and they're like, okay, well, we need to deliver something for Netflix. Ms. Solid Hand, Damien Priest, he's good, he's reliable. And they just put these people out there completely blinded by money to, to serve that master with no view on the long term and what they're doing to someone at the, at the start of their push. This is going to, this has completely derailed him. He will never recover. He will never be as good as we wanted him to be. First impressions mean a lot and it's past. So yeah, yeah. Damien Priest, Keith Lee, Freaking the Fiend, they're all the same. They're all ruined. They'll never be as good as we want them to because they never had that first proper push and run. 
Yeah, this was no good. I, I did not enjoy this much. I've seen someone say like, well, Abaddon is a zombie. I don't think Abaddon's an actual zombie though. Like she is not, she is not a part of the living dead. Like in the same way, the Luchasaurus isn't actually a dinosaur and Chris Adlander isn't actually an alien. These were actually zombies. This was like zombies, like from Shaun of the Dead and Resident Evil and all the movies that you've seen with zombies in them, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead. These were legit walking dead reanimated by white walkers to walk the earth. I'm watching Game of Thrones at the moment. And they ate John Morrison. And they ate The Miz. The Miz is dead. The Miz is actually dead now. There was a smaller Miz underneath that Miz. So he's yeah. fine. I, man, is there going to be a follow-up to this on Raw? Like, are no. Miz and Morrison going to be a zombie act now? Or are they just going to come out on Raw and be like, oh, wow, that was weird. We got eaten by zombies last night. Better now do our split as a tag team. Yeah. It's, uh, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> It, it it made me feel actively dumb. I've seen some people like it, but I think they're just liking it for oh, this is crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an oh yeah, totally. Yeah, um, yeah. It was it was terrible, uh, absolutely awful. And to to have the the guile to say stuff like blood and guts sets the business back thirty years backstage. That's the report that WWE felt about AEW's match. And yeah, I, I get what you're saying. They those are different things. You're talking about it from a a, a, a gratuitous blood and violence, uh, blood and guts. This is definitely more comic book, the harmless side of things, very childish, very immature. Uh, yeah, I think, but both in their own ways set certain agendas back 30 years. Uh, yeah. It's it's terrible. It's just product placements in place of an actual wrestling feud. Because like this, this feud hasn't been built around <laughs> zombies up until that night. It's just been built around Damien Priest mm. constantly beating up The Miz. And then all of a sudden it's like, and now it's a paid for product placement by Netflix for their new Zack Snyder movie. It, do you know what? It, it, it's the pandemic era. There's no fans in attendance. Now's the time to be doing this because you put this out in front of an actual audience, in front of a live crowd, or they are not going to, they're not going to watch it with their hands. I mean, they may be very no, no, silent no. or they're going to boo it very loudly. No, Luke, fans will just be happy to be there. <laughs> Honestly, as soon as fans are back, oh yeah, oh I know they booed Hulk Hogan, but that's different. It's Hulk Hogan. No, fans are just gonna be happy to be there. I hate that argument. Stop saying it to me, Louie. I think fans are gonna boo stuff that's crap. And the whole like, oh, we're back in real life. It's gonna expire very quickly. Um, I'm so, sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna highlight this point here, the valor, because he is one of our um, uh, members. You can join, you can become a, a member of the rest of all. Just like it's just product placement. Nobody cares if Miz shows up tonight. Then I, let me ask you this, valor. What was the point then? Why, why waste hmm. my? Why did I waste my time watching this? Why did I waste my time getting invested? Why did I waste my time doing anything with the show if none of it matters? And do it to the Miz. He's that kind of Teflon veteran he's never gonna you know he can win the freaking wwe championship just earlier this year i don't it doesn't mean anything that's who that's who he is uh but damien priest there was some actual potential and promise there and it has significantly stalled him uh after that we got the announcement that hell in a cell will take place on june 20th the report was that was going to be a money in the bank date but now the new report or speculation is Money in the Bank is being pushed back to July because then you can have fans in attendance for a big show and then you'll do SummerSlam in August uh, because there was yeah. talks about moving SummerSlam further forward, like almost into July, but they seem to have chosen not to do that. Um, yeah. But Helena Cell, was... weird for June. Yeah, the report was that uh, WWE were going to be doing live people back in attendance for August. And that was it. Like they were set in stone. August is going to be when we have fans back in the in the buildings. And then AEW announced that they're having audiences back in July. And the report from that was then like WWE aren't bothered. They're really not bothered that AEW are going to be the first wrestling company to have fans back in attendance. They're really not. They're actually fine. They're set in their ways. Two weeks later, it's just like no, we're having fans in attendance one week later from AEW. Yeah, yeah they'll be doing everything they can to get there first. I <laughs> yeah. reckon. Uh, after that, we got Bailey. Ver Thanks. Th th that was terrible, but it was an isolated incident. Everything yeah, else exactly. on the show was very, <laughs> very good. 
Bailey versus Bianca Belair was one of those up next for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I haven't really got any notes for this match. It was kind of like it was a very good match, but it was also at the start of what I imagine will be a multi-series of matches for the next three to four months. Uh, presumably next months will be in a hell in a cell. So yeah. a lot left in the tank. Bailey dominated most of it, uh, but Belair always came back strong, finished slightly botched when... It was kind of a roll through. Belair used her braid to hook Bailey's legs, essentially. I don't know. I guess it's not illegal, but it, it's sort of the same mechanism as using the tights as leverage. Uh, and Belair retained and sort of hightailed on out of there. Yeah, I, I, I like that she used the pony cell because that has become a sort of a big thing about Bianca Belair. And like particularly mm -hmm. actually in this feud, like Bailey's promos she cut on Friday was like, yeah, you wear the sparkly clothes and you have a pony cell. It's like looking into a mirror of my past self. So using the ponytail in the finish, that was actually quite smart, that I was that was quite nice. Problem was she slightly slipped a little bit and Bailey effectively looked like she kicked out. You can use that though. So on Friday, when you do the Bailey return promo, you could be like, you didn't actually pin me, you got lucky, you tried to use your hair. It didn't quite work. You didn't really beat me. That at least sets up a rematch. Um, and it's it's actually, you know, through the through the mishap of her slipping, we're gonna get a rematch that makes sense, as opposed to just being like, no, you beat me clean, so I'll have a rematch now, thanks. Uh so I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, yeah, this is gonna be a few that they run into the ground, though. I think we'll get we'll get this <laughs> up until SummerSlam, most likely. Uh, but then we got my yeah, screw it. It's my favorite match of the night. Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre for the Raw Men's Championship. Just like the other Raw Women's Title three-way. Shocking story. Repetitive. Not invested in it. One iota. No substance to it. What a match. <laughs> loved this match. Yeah, this is like, like you said then, the story and the booking in this has been appalling. Really bad. And they pinned Braun Strowman to to build this match. They pinned Drew McIntyre to build this match. This match has been booked so so badly, but the end result was three lads slapping the crap out of each other and just pushing each other into barricades and doing big meat moves. Drew McIntyre did a Mishinoku driver in this, and it was effortless, and it was on Braun rad. Strowman. On, on Braun, exactly, yeah. And Braun did the heaviest senton I've ever seen in my entire life. I said this on the stream last night. I am surprised that Drew McIntyre's entire skeleton didn't shoot out of his mouth after Braun Strowman did that senton. It was a ghastly, ghastly, like, rough-looking senton, but it was so great. And this yeah. match was so physical and, like, Oh, it was just proper meaty men being meaty and slapping each other's meat. And I loved it. I think Braun Strowman woke up that morning and went, I'm going to be a cruiserweight today. <laughs> uh, and he, he, you know, he did a flipping cannonball off the apron, which just <laughs> awful. You know, a lot of the offense looked awful, but it looked real. It looked yeah. like Braun Strowman was legitimately trying to hurt people by throwing his body at them. Not very successfully. I just loved it. Uh, from the, uh, the one of the opening spots, immediately was Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre getting B Braun Strowman up for a stalling vertical suplex, and yeah. that that was like the first spot within a, within the first minute. And you're like, okay, this match just has had all the rules turned on its head for what we usually expect. And yeah, Braun was like being chucked over his head with belly to bellies. It was full credit to Braun because that's not easy. to. If you're a bigger man, anything you take is going to hurt more because there's a lot more of you to come down onto the ground. Uh, Bobby Lashley and Drew brawled up to the, the, the Tron at one point and Drew threw him through the Tron and Pyro went off. Braun and Drew then brawled and then Drew hit the Claymore at the end and Bobby ran down, threw him out, and stole the victory, pinning Braun. 15 minutes long, flew by. This was no filler whatsoever. Mm -hmm. All killer. I loved it. Yeah, it was yeah. so, so much fun. And it's actually, you could probably use this as an example as to why Vince McMahon is a genius and why Vince McMahon does know more than we do. Because everyone, everyone makes fun of Vince McMahon and his love of big sweaty men. 
everyone makes fun of being like, oh, he only pushes those guys because they're big, sweaty men. He only pushes them because they're tall. He only pushes them because they've got big, musty men. And we're like, well, that's dumb. Do you know what I love? I love flippy dudes. I love the flippy dudes and all the flips that they do. But then they put this out there. And at the end of it, I'm like, it was pretty good though, wasn't it? Because they did a, they did a dual vertical stalling suplex and I popped massively for it. Maybe Vince is right and I'm wrong no. for making fun of it. <laughs> Look, this isn't a this isn't a Vince match. A Vince match is lock up. Ooh, tests of strength. That's the big guy stuff he's into. These are big guys working like not cruiserweights, but it's them working in a modern style. You know, the 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 business has moved on from the eighties. Big guys are totally fine. Big guys are still very very impressive, but they can't just get away with stalling, lumbering. Look how large I am, offense anymore. Not when you see Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic do PWG matches where they're doing moonsaults and Spanish flies. Yeah, yeah. So, I yeah. agree with it. But, but, but also, this, I, I don't they, think this is a Vince match. But also, they put the smallest referee out there possible to make them look even larger than they actually were, which is totally a Vince move. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I, I think he knows what he's doing. They, 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 but you're right. This is a Paul Heyman-style big man match, which is like, go out there, spam your finishes, do all of your biggest moves possible. If you're thinking about doing a rest hold, just do another big move. And then, <laughs> if, and if you can do, do another big move after that. Oh, I wish someone told Randy that. Yeah, do you think uh, <laughs> Braun, Braun just got his movesets mixed up for the day? Like it, there was a fault in 2K20, whatever, and they just like duplicated the cruiserweights oh, offense. Yeah. It was so uh, much overall, fun. But you know, but oh, you know what? Tomorrow, uh, tomorrow on Raw, this story's going to suck again. And it will yeah. suck again until we get to another pay-per-view. Because apparently, like uh, from what we can believe, this is somehow, this is going to spin off into Braun versus Bobby for the title. Even though Bobby just pinned him and Braun got Who's beat. Who's saying on that? Why are you saying that? Well, that's what Louis was saying. No, Louis, Louis was Louis was speculating because Drew Drew and Jinder won a feud over the summer, but I think you can have Drew Bobby at Hell in a Cell. Maybe I don't know. And man. then Jinder do, later. Do you, uh, what, again, do you want to do Drew Bobby again? No, but I want to do that more than Braun and Bobby. Unless, <laughs> unless you know, unless Braun works like he did uh, on that show. Overall, I would give Backlash. I gave it four out of five. I think that's fair. I've, I think I'd probably given it a five out of five show. I couldn't look past the zombie nonsense and the, the tag match running on because I enjoyed these main events so, so much. And I agree with what Adam said. Like, we're in our sort of <clears throat> on our Discord where we kind of do all of like prepping all of our videos and stuff. Adam said that was the best pay per view of the pandemic era. And I, I agree with him. It's the most fun I've had uh, for a pay per view during the pandemic era. And I've given some shows in that pandemic era five out of five. So I think I need to give this one that as well. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Zombies were too much for me. Uh, let's get to your hyper chats, folks. Remember, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read, out, <clears throat> we'll read out every single one of them before the end of the show. Tim Jett, Roman is hands down the best thing in wrestling, bar none. But being honest, when the next person beats him, they will make him a new star, unless it's just Charlotte Flair. Uh, I, yeah, I think Roman's, yeah, including AEW. Roman's act is the best thing in wrestling right now. Anthony Velasquez. Damn good pay-per-view with a really good main event, but I really don't need to see Cesaro versus Rollins again. Should just have ended the pay-per-view after the Uso beatdown or had Jimmy come out to stop his brother from attacking Cesaro. Totally agree yeah. there. Uh, Sadie6969, Deegan, I think this was a two out of five show. Zombies sucked too much ass. Do you think the people that think Roman is booked weak only watch the pay-per-views? Maybe they don't watch SmackDown. Happy Ollie is back, but the Intangibles Wrestle Talk takeover is inevitable. See ya, Grandpa. It could possibly be that, but I think more people watch SmackDown than they do pay-per-views. So maybe mm, that works. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it fully works. RP Dagenan, I hated it, but I do want to give props to Priest, Miz and Morrison. So many wrestlers we praise would have no-sold the zombies or buried it on Twitter, but the three of them went out there and did what they were asked to do to the best of their abilities. Respect. Did, did Priest sell it? Like, Miz and Morrison certainly did. Miz and Morrison were being like, oh my <laughs> god, there are zombies around ringside. But Damien Priest was like, so we having a match then? Like, Dam- to Damien Priest, this was a normal Sunday. To Miz and Morrison, this was a zombie apocalypse. 
will be 33. They are fangs. When they had the close-up on Cesaro's mouth, you could see his tongue behind the fangs. So this was his mouth guard, done like a vampire teeth, which was cool. The Portuguese Mr. Davis. Hey, apart from the Miz match, which was awful, the rest was freaking awesome. Who do you think will challenge for each WWE belt? P.S. in Portugal, we decided to open the borders for the UK. Do you want to fly over? I have a master plan to defeat Los Intangibles. Um, I'm not going to fly anywhere for a while, but thanks for the offer. Uh, we will book one challenger because we can't do all the belts now. Um, well, it's probably going to be. Yeah, I'm going I'm to go that it's Braun and uh, Bobby at the next pay-per-view. I'm going to go with my heart. Keith Lee, Bobby. Keith Lee comes back tonight, sets up a program there. Greg Murphy. I thought the zombie thing was funny. Wrestling is about men in tights, fake fighting over gold belts. Wrestlers have legit spoken to Braze puppets, and AJ was buried alive last year. These angles shouldn't be analysed, just enjoyed as silly entertainment. I'm afraid I cannot switch off my brain for all of those things. Some work. I think this massively didn't. Uh, Zach Harris. The only way the zombies would get over if Priest and Miz started hitting them with pool cues to Queen Don't Stop Me Now. Yeah, that would have been amazing. That would have been rad. It's on random. Nicholas Lama. Thank God we can always rely on a Reigns match, the main event, to boost the show. But the zombies, man, the zombies really killed it for me. Can't wait for Miz and Morrison to show tonight on Raw and have nothing to say about it. Do hope Miz's knee is okay. Yeah, he did seem to pick up a little tweaked knee in that match, but he finished it okay. Ket, I don't like how we're really how we're likely getting Seth versus Cesaro again. Cesaro has already beaten Seth twice. I don't mind feuds going on for months, but do it in a way where it doesn't seem stale and repetitive. Agreed. Yeah, I, I don't need to see it again. Uh, the bad one, Ryan B. Bad. Without the two top title matches, I felt like this pay-per-view was a dud. Raw, Raw's women's ma match never felt like it went into the final gear. SmackDown tag title match went too long. The SmackDown women's match had a bad finish. Also, F Zombies. I would disagree on on, on some of those because I really enjoyed the three-way at the start and I and I really like Bianca, uh, Bang, sorry, Belair and Bailey. Blind Raw. I started watching in the middle of Priest versus Miz and saw the zombies and rolled with it. I don't mind. It's just Raw stuff. I love Cesaro's selling. Roman is always great. He's become enough said character now. Three-way was better than expected. And then some stupid hashtag about loss intangibles for life. LJ isn't Nikki. That, isn't that a sad state of affairs where it's like, that's just Raw stuff. So I absolutely do not care whatsoever. It's just on. Like, why, why are you watching then? If you're tuning into a TV program and be like, oh, this is rubbish, but I've come to expect that from WWE and Raw, I'll just carry on watching it, I guess. Like, switch over. Or watch something else. Maybe they're not watching Raw. Maybe they're like, yeah, I just watch SmackDown, NXT, and, and <laughs> AEW. Yeah. So, yeah, like, we're the chumps here. LJ Mickey. I started to watch Backlash last night, but I had to go to sleep after the women's triple threat. That's really early. This morning, I woke up and saw a WrestleTalk article Former WWE champion devoured by zombies. Sometimes I wonder why I watch wrestling. I don't know who it was who wrote that article, but I really want to give them the shout out to that because it was my favorite headline that uh, WrestleTalk.com had from the show. Liam's uh, sort of, what's the word? Cynicism is really showing too recently. <laughs> he did an article last week uh, that said, Taz just farted. Yeah, oh yeah. That was the headline. And it was, a, it was all about a tweet that Taz said he had just farted. They, um, I don't know who was running the account last night as well. The WrestleTalk account was just like, I've been told by WrestleTalk management that I'm too negative on these. So I'm, I'll be positive here. I'm positive that this is rubbish when talking about the Miz Priest match. Nikolai Azapardi. Zombies aside, with the cannon, are we supposed to see Damien Priest taking advantage of Miz being distracted when seeing his best friend literally being <laughs> eaten alive and also leaving Miz to die and get behind him like the heroic baby face? Nikolai, it doesn't matter, mate. You're just supposed to watch it and enjoy it. You're supposed to not think about these things because at the end of the day, they're not important. So you don't have to think about them. Planet Dan ASMR. My initials are actually DB, so I thought he was talking to me. That's about Roman. <laughs> thought Seth was turning face, a missed opportunity. I can see Vince being like, well, you've had Cesaro's push now. Back down the card he goes. Yep. Uh, Jay Gupta, yeah, he's definitely in the Kofi Kingston mold of people WWE reluctantly push. Jay Gupta, what does Jericho mean by this set wrestling 30 years back? Priest versus Miz was ahead of time. Post-apocalyptic world ahead of time. I guess this was the planned duration of the feud from 2021 till zombies eat the Miz. If this does not end the feud, what will? <laughs> I guarantee you they have a match tonight. It'll oh, be Priest God. versus Miz on the show, or Priest versus Morrison or something. 
Peter Mullins, and just when Batista had become a fan favourite and got over Blue Tista, he has given us Zombie Team Drip Drip and become the greatest girl away heel of all time. Poor Dave. Even Dana Brooke won't be waiting for you back now, mate. This isn't, now, mate. this isn't Dave's fault. Dave even tweeted about this because everyone got really mad at him on Twitter for this. He's like, mm. I didn't book it. I'm on a plane at the moment. If it, I wouldn't have done this, it's awful. Uh, Homer Star Fan 13. Just a reminder, this is the second pay-per-view match in a row where Damien Priest has taken a back seat to something else. First it was Bad Bunny, then it was Army of the Dead. I'm guessing that next pay-per-view, pay- uh, Priest will show up with a robot to promote Ratchet and Clank. I mean, hopefully it'll be something cool that he gets to promote. Like that, I don't know, like a Call of Duty game or something. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a Call of Duty game out there. Peter Rabbit 2. Dean Breton. I think this is the start of a huge push for the Miz as a serious <laughs> man of his star. Hey, Dean. Hey. The guy deserves it. He does deserve it. Uh, I And that's why I, I was told that back in February. This is going to be a serious year-long Miz WWE run as a top heel. Uh, and apparently Nate wrote that article. So thank you, Nate. Hot work. Hot tag. Uh, the uh, the bad one, Ryan B. Bad, said both WWE and Universal titles are ugly with that play WWE logo. I miss when world titles had the world on it. Put the logo on the world for one of the titles. It would make it look so much better. This was actually a, a chat from last night that we missed because of Pete and Tempest ruining the stream. Um, but yeah, we were having a chat about how like the WWE title and Universal <coughs> titles are quite hideous and ugly belts. And I agree with him. I, I much prefer like when it's got Oh, the, like the the Triple H title is my favorite WWE title. And uh, Nicholas Lama said this Reigns versus Cena would be such a good storyline to tell in the ring. The video package before the match would be amazing and filled with great promos. Power Packers 90. I'm starting to get bored with Roman. I want a long title reign with Bobby and Kenny to hold the AEW belt into next year. We're getting we're spinning our wheels with repeated beatings with the other last year. It's the reigns of terror all over again. I think there's a lot more character depth in this. I'm I'm not bored of it in the slightest. I was going to say, each each month feels like there's something new to the Roman Reigns character. Peter Mullins, what kills me with Ricochet is the WWE's pop culture references. Jake Paul recently stole Floyd Mayweather's hat, where Jake, not knowing what to do after squaring up to Floyd, yelled, got your hat, and then got his ass kicked. Cool face, Jake Paul. Oh, was that what they were referencing? Great. Adam Ulrich, I would, uh, uh, I would like to see WWE do a thing where Alexa controls Flair and uses her as a surrogate to win the Raw title. Uh, that way, fans could be pissed off that Flair is the champ again, but WWE can still say that she isn't the champ. Alexa is being controlled, uh, being in control of Flair. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, sure Alexa Bliss could, Alexa Bliss could win it on her own though. She basically beat Asuka in December for the belt and then just stopped caring about that. Daz a million. What if the SmackDown tag titles, um. What if with the SmackDown titles, they told the story of Roman and Jay winning them? No real contender for Roman at the moment. Rose shows that Jay doesn't need Jimmy. So it's not Jimmy and Jay going after the tag titles. Roman's like, maybe you and I should go after the tag belts instead. And they, oh, I do like that a lot. I don't like that because I think that puts Roman at Jay's level. And I think a very important part of the story is hierarchy. Uh, yes, that's true. But as a way to prove uh, Jimmy wrong, maybe could be. I don't think Roman would do that as a character. I hear what you're saying. Uh, Lucas Chapa, Mr. Davis, why do you continue to roast my hometown of Corpus Christi in your review? We had one of the hottest crowds when AEW came to town. You're getting my local sports team heat with us. Why do you not like us? Get rowdy. Yeah, because you say stuff like get rowdy and yes, please, you Lucas Chapa. Corpus Christi sucks. <laughs> They are a terrible wrestling crowd. HCB, did you hear this paper was in partnership with Army of the Dead? Seriously, who thought people would like this segment, ending with dozens of zombies hugging the Miz? Otherwise, best paper you have seen in a while. Probably because it didn't feature the women's tag titles. Um, Big Eye Cortez, this paper was eh. The Meat Men match was great, but the rest was decent to me, not caring because of the stories. I'm in the minority, but I do not care about Roman stories or matches. WWE continues to bore me. Uh, Bezo Banks, Bailey and Sasha this past year have done a great job of accentuating their opponents' positives and hiding their negatives. That suicide dive, ouch. Roman mm. Cesaro greatly delivered with that. Mishinoku driver made me hop out of my seat. 
Uh, Charles Berg said, okay, it's pep talk time. Ollie Luke, the time has come. Let bygones be bygones. You've made your choices that can't be taken away, but God damn it, your friends. The friends may fight, but when the time comes, they fight together, fist each other, reunite. Dartre says, best heels in wrestling, MJF, Orton, Chopper, and Tempest. How will WrestleTalk ever coexist? How will Luke and Denise ever coexist on Friday after Luke hit her with a verbal superkick last night? <laughs> WrestleTalk books better than WWE. We've got some new members of the crew, Chris Duncan and Hector Rodriguez. Thank you so much for becoming YouTube members. Yeah, if anyone else wants to become a member, there's a little button down at the bottom of the live stream, and it gets you special emotes, and your name turns a color. Wow. So you can flaunt that to everyone else in the chat that you are a memberg. Yeah, or a memberg. Memberg. Uh, yeah, well, thank you very much for joining us today. Go over to the Wrestle Talk main channel to watch my review again, if you want to, with that shocking uh, heel turn promo recap of Tempest and Chopper Pete revealing their master plan from the last six months, it feels like. Uh, I've got to go and find a tag partner to face them both at double or nothing. Otherwise, I will have to do the music video punishment for sure. Jam that jam. Jam that jam, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.